0: to drummers only radio drummers only is the uk's leading drum shop with store locations in glasgow and leeds our podcasts are full of interviews gear reviews and much more from the unique perspective
1: of a drum shop the show is hosted by two pasty scottish dudes who talk real fast whoa slow down there brave heart So here's Chris, the Glasgow Shop Manager, and Adam, the Social Media Manager. Be sure to like, subscribe, and let's do this.
0: Hello everybody, Drummer's Only Radio, episode number 54, and we're here with the one and only Mr Aria Goggin. Good evening. Hey, how you doing? Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Um, If those of you who are listening are new to Aria, he plays what an amazing Welsh band called Skindred and I did purposefully didn't label you because I don't think you can really label you guys It's
1: yeah it's a bit of a weird one it's like when you label us I think it conjures up sometimes a negative connotation if that makes sense because you say all the things we do and someone goes oh I don't like that little small part and they go oh okay I think we're just a rock band that has lots of different elements of everything else that's the way I've always described it you know? Yeah,
0: absolutely. And a pretty righteous band, man. Um, some, Thanks, dude. Some big, some. There's a lot of meat in there. There's a lot of meat in those riffs, man.
1: Oh, yeah, that's exactly it. All about the riffs and the grooves and trying to do something different with, you know, just the standard way rock has been for a while. So, yeah, it's just been great.
0: Was that like just how the band decided to do it or was that an organic thing? Or
1: Well, Benji, our singer, was in a band called Dubwar in the 90s and mm-hmm. they sort of did indie, a bit more indie rock Mm -hmm. with the punk and hip hop and the reggae thing. And it was a bit more indie. And then when Skindred started, I mean, he always sang, you know, Jamaican dancehall style vocals Mm -hmm. over rock, you know, he started out as an MC in the 80s. And then I think he met the dub war guys and they went, do your MCing, you know, (laughs) your lovers rock over this kind of heavy stuff. And it was like, well, that sounds cool and different. And it sort of just evolved from there really. And Skin Dread, I think it was a bit more, a bit more riffing, a bit more heavy, you know, and it was it, it became a bit like um dance hall helmet, if you know, <laughs> a band helmet. So yeah. yeah, I mean that's how it sort of started, serrated riffs, but you know, you'd have that dance hall type groove with Benji doing his thing, and it just sort of expanded and you know, went lots of different ways. The punk in there, the metal, the hip hop, the reggae, drum and yeah. bass.
0: I read somewhere that you guys often get Un, sort of unfairly compared to the Bad Brains. I mean, I think it's
1: a lazy comparison, if I'm honest. Yeah. But yeah. it's a it's a nice comparison because I think we're, we're all Bad Brains fans, but I don't I don't like hear it in the tunes. I mean, if we yeah. do like an up-tempo punk thing, then yeah, okay, I get it. Or one of the more dubbier things, but as a whole, they're yeah, very different to yeah. us.
0: It's, it's, it's just easy for people, isn't it? Yeah, to do I that, think so. To do I, that, think so. It,
1: I mean, you have to have those things at the beginning, I think, where people can put you into certain what do you call it you know they can pigeonhole you it's easier for the press i think to go okay this band is x y and z made up of these components you'll like them if you like these bands yeah
0: yeah back in the day it was so like tower records could put you out on a shelf somewhere wasn't it and and you know like if your album fit into a genre then it was easy for them
1: to just put you in there yeah which is cool but it it, definitely opened up it opened up stuff for us i think that was the the main thing and i don't look at it negatively just you know i think we have more in common well we always thought we have more in common with the clash yeah. <laughs> but i don't think i don't think i don't think people hear that in the tracks but to us it was like it was like rebel music us trying to do our own thing and um yeah i mean everyone in the band were big clash fans and i don't think people really hear that in the tracks because i think if we were going to sound like the clash typically yeah we would be playing stuff like
0: the Clash, yeah but it's it's, <laughs> it's 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 an attitude isn't it more than anything else really yeah like, definitely the, the music can be wildly different but if the, the the punk ethos is there then
1: that's all it's about yeah I, th- I think that's pretty much it it was like you know we saw something in that and we were like right okay i remember benji doing an interview years ago it was like he liked to think if joe strong was around now he'd be doing something a bit more aggressive. Yeah, yeah, maybe. You know, if he he doesn't, you know, obviously who knows, but... It's it's an interesting take on it. If he came out around now, what kind of music would he be doing with everything that's gone around? It's like
0: yeah, definitely. I think he would have a lot to say too,
1: you know. Well, yeah, he's um, probably got a lot of, a lot to answer for if he heard us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you guys are you guys have been on a I saw you've been back on tour.
1: Yeah, we have actually. Yeah, it's been amazing. I was going to say, how's it all going, man? Because it's, it's a fairly sizable run. It's been wicked, dude. Yeah, we we did like the Roundhouse in London, which was sold out in advance. Mm-hmm. Rock City and Nottingham. Um, we're up in Glasgow mm-hmm. a few weeks ago swg wasn't it yeah Wickets. we've never been there before and you know we were told it's a bit like the wild west at the moment with gigs right as in you don't know what to expect and lots of there have been lots of drop-offs oh really yeah i mean we wow. haven't really suffered that much if i'm honest so we've been quite lucky so we've the attendances have been great lots of sold out shows and but for other things you know every every gig it's someone's first gig back and that's right. what i have to remember yeah you know totally I, I haven't been to a gig that hasn't been my own. Not have I. Not so if I. this is what I mean. So I've got to respect that. And for us, the first gig we did back inside was in Cambridge. And I felt really weird. Mm. I was like, I don't know how to feel. I'm excited. Mm. But yeah. And as soon as we got on stage, it sort of, it went away. And, you know, <sighs> everyone's being careful, doing their stuff, making sure the shows happen, being responsible. So good. Been trying to take that into every, t- every show and trying to, sh- you know, I guess reassure the audience that it's as a safe a space as we can do at the moment and appreciate them for coming. Totally. That's like, there's only, yeah, you can only control your
0: side of it. Exactly. You know. I saw the um, Genesis ended up having to cancel the back end of the tour because someone in the I band just got just saw that,
1: dude. I just saw that. And I mentioned to my wife, we need to get tickets now because I'll be actually around in March because it clashed with some of our shows. <laughs> oh, really? Brilliant. Yeah. Great. So I was that.
0: so yeah, was the was the tour was it postponed gigs or was it just decided let's just pop a tour on because we haven't done one in a while? Or? Oh, it was
1: it was postponed gigs. Right. Yeah. I mean, cool. um, it was back in 2019, I think.
0: And was that supporting a record that had just could you put a record out? In eight, was it 2018?
1: 18. Yeah, it was going to be the end of the cycle, right? With the idea of probably teasing new stuff. for the next thing and it's sort of you know we had the conversation about shall we because we've got new material because we're in the studio as well going back in next week but it was like now we don't know when the record's going to come out oh really yeah and so it's like let's just get that done I think the idea was to finish the Big Tings tour with this tour and then tease for the new record which would Mm -hmm. come out hopefully after the tour which would have been yeah great but now it's let's just get the record recorded and done, and you just have to wait for new songs. <laughs> do, you, do you do you think it'll
0: um? Do you think it'll change how you do it going forward? Just you know because it feels like now, unfortunately, you maybe don't have the same kind of cycle that you had where you you record, you release, you tour, record. you know what I mean? And um, because it's been broken up a bit, so do you think it'll change maybe how you do it going forward? Or I think so. I
1: think mentally, I've, I I'd like to change it, and in my head, I I think a traditional cycle to me doesn't really exist anymore. You Mm. can talk, you can play shows, release music whenever you want. Mm -hmm. I think there used to be something where you'd have to have the album time with the tour that then tied in with the magazines, tied in with this and tied in with that. And it's like, I still get that because you want to have, that excitement and push around your new record and what's better way to do that is to have a tour yeah of course but it's not going to stop me playing shows in between i guess that's (laughs) what i'm trying to say it's like with what's going on in the world just in terms of brexit really i know that's a really boring thing but like going over to europe isn't so ready, ready available at the moment also with covid and Mm -hmm. you know we're seeing these things happen and um, we like playing live and it's been taken away from us for a long time. So yeah, for sure. if there's an opportunity to play in the UK, we're going to probably take it yeah. regardless of there being a cycle, I guess that's where I'm at.
0: Yeah. It feels like the, the bands that are that are sort of um, creative with it and, and figure out these ways to do it are the bands that will keep going mm. um, instead of being reliant on kind of how business used to be. It's like, even from a, a retail perspective the way we operate has had to change substantially you know because people are just not going to shop in the same way that they used to yeah you know because they might yeah, they don't want to come out the house or they don't need to come out the house or they're so used to sort of getting it online or you know what i mean all these little things i you do know? i
1: mean it's never going to replace it i don't think because you have to it's the same with live music as when they started doing the streams it's like it's a cool way of doing something mm-hmm but it's not going to be the same as going to a drum shop and hitting a drum. No. Nah. No, it's not. You have to do that if you're serious about what you want to do. Yeah. Absolutely. And if, if you want to see live music, the only way to do that is to go to a gig.
0: Yeah. Whatever way that looks like, I guess, you know. Yeah. And,
1: and this this is the thing. It's changing. And, you know, I've got friends in the retail industry who have been hammered, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's it's been dark for everyone, hasn't it? You know. Yeah. It's it's, trying to just yeah, weird true.
0: yeah just weird you know just I, I don't even know how to kind of describe it because I think everybody's experience of it is wildly different yeah totally whether it be mental health physical health all of it has been it's been handled by people in in whatever ways get whatever gets you through the day yeah totally but it, it, it sort of sort of that kind of segues me on to talking about when you guys sign with Eric. Yes. And I th- you did that really cool thing where you all signed a deal in a different venue, man. That's, that's, like, such a smart and really cool idea to do. Like, Wicked, thanks, man. Well, you're welcome. And, and it also now is probably more relevant than it was when you did it. Yeah. Because more of those venues now are going to need guys like you lot to do things like that and highlight the struggle that they're having. Well, this is it. And I think
1: um, we've always been a band that will play Download Festival on the Mm -hmm. main stage, play Brixton Academy, but then we'll go to South End Chinneries, for example, (laughs) or, you know, these small gigs, Bedford Esquires, Mm -hmm. these small gigs. And people go, why'd you do that? I go, because it's fucking fun. (laughs) It's like, it's really fun. I want to play. I don't want to be not playing. I'd rather, if people want to come and see us, then who am I to tell, say anything different? It's like, you, you get the option to see us there or you see us there. And lots of people like the intimate show, right? You can see the whites of their eyes, man. Yeah, it's a different buzz. It is a yeah. totally different buzz. And you're not rolling in with this you know, massive light package and all the smoke. It's like, it's spitting sawdust, the band rocking out. And mm-hmm. usually, if the venue's small enough, the, the audience are probably in front of the fucking PA. So they're just yeah. hearing the backlight. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's like... <laughs> Like you would go and see a band, and I think yeah. that's cool. Yeah, it's super grassroots, man. Yeah, wicked. And it's, you know, I'm hoping that uh, we get to do that again soon. It's kind of
0: yeah. like a throwback to how we all started. That's exactly it. You yeah, know, that's, that's like that's when exactly we were selling tickets to our best friends and trying to convince them to come and see us play for the 46th time. You yeah. know, like we've, we've heard all your tunes, dude. We don't want to hear them anymore. But this one will be better because we've got a yeah. new. You know what I mean? That's exactly. amazing.
1: What made you pick your venue? You picked the Black. Is it the Black Heart? Black Heart. Well, my friend, um. Funny enough, just one of my best friends, he was a postman for years right? and he really wanted to get into music and the last sort of, I'd say eight years, he started promoting, he started promoting this thing called Desert Fest and, mm-hmm. start, and, he, and he left his job, he was doing it on the side, this is a longish story, but he'd been working as a postman, but loved mm-hmm. music and he, and he got into promoting, but he never had enough money to do the promoting full time, so he had to, you know, do both. Mm-hmm. so anyway just before covid the <laughs> poor fucker got <laughs> right you can do it full time so he left his job and then literally a few weeks later covid hit and oh, he was out no. of his job oh, fuck. Like, like 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 millions of people mm-hmm. so anyway covid starts changing and he becomes the general manager of the black heart which is a place me and him would always drink and it's his local venue I'd seen his band in there play loads. He's got a band as well, right. and so for me, when he became the general manager, I was like, "Well, it has to be the Black That's Heart." Amazing. And yeah, I mean, I'm from Exeter, so right. my local my local venue is the Cavern Club. Mm-hmm. And Muse did a big thing from them because Muse are from Exeter, and Cold played some stuff because Chris mm-hmm. Martin's from there. And I was like, they, "They're covered. <laughs> they've had a, they've had a lot of cool stuff." And yeah. I thought the Black Heart shine a little bit of light on that. Amazing.
0: Amazing. So I take it the rest of the band it was all kind of similar vibe. It was places that they were attached to somehow. And...
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, like I said, if it had been, if I'd been still living in Exeter, it would have been the cabin. But I've been living in London for the last eight years, and so mm-hmm. that's been my local hangout to go watch bands of that grassroots level. For Benji, did he pick? Did he pick the pub? Yeah, he Think did. So. yeah, that, yeah, that's La pub. Wonderful. Yeah, and the pub was one of the first gigs we ever played as Skin Dressed, so that was oh, really right. cool. Wow, okay. Dan picked the Louisiana in Bristol, and Bristol, I mean. That's that was one for him. Um, Mikey chose the Green Door Store in um, Brighton, right? And we actually went on my stag do and ended <laughs> up ended up in the Green Door Store. So, because I used to live there as well, but yeah, it was great. All the venues meant I think everyone had a story about each person's venue. If that makes sense.
0: No, oh, that's cool. class, man. That's a really good idea. It's a really great touch, and I think more bands should consider things like that as a way to sort of highlight it because it's not like you're ramming it down people's throats and it's not, you're not asking for charity either. Oh, well, this you'd... is the thing, I
1: think um when lockdown hit, all I saw from bands at our level were, I mean, it sounds bad, so who am I to comment, but they were just asking for money mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was like, no one's got any at the moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, i you know, we didn't have any, we, you know, we were like, yeah. living hand to mouth and it was like, I get it, but, there's going to be a time when we're going to need the help from our fans and that's going to be when we play live shows or when we do whatever. So for me it was like if we can give back out to people then that's a good thing at this point.
0: Yeah, I think so I think if you, I think sometimes people forget that it's they've been supporting the band for 20 years let's just say and now now you're asking them to dig in when they have nothing it's a bit
1: it's it it, delicate is the word because you know a lot of people life didn't change they just work from home yeah you know Mm -hmm. still got paid the same and it's Mm -hmm. different so I get it but anyway yeah,
0: not no politics. <laughs> no, 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 not at all, not at all. It's just yeah. it's, it's tied in to to doing cool shit, you know. It's
1: yeah, like I, I think so. It, you know, experiences, what happens, inspires, doesn't it? So yeah, absolutely. So, um, so you know, you talk about you're a
0: you're a band that mixes up styles, and how do you manage to do it so well? Because it's like if you if you uh... write down all the styles on paper, right? And then just kind of throw them into a blender and go right. But this song has to have this and this and this in it. It doesn't ever feel like that. It's just all the breaks are natural and you do really cool shit. I can't remember all the the, the, the name of the track I was listening. To, but it's like you go to drop a chorus and there's no chorus. It's just like something else. Like, fucking hell, that's that's wild. You know, like where it feels like you, you you just kind of spin it on its head, but it it doesn't ever feel
1: contrived. It's weird because I think the the thread that holds it all together is Benji. Right, and I think vocally, because he can duck and weave and go in between these things, yep. it allows the it allows the listener to go on the journey, and they don't even realize where they've gone mm-hmm. until it until it's happening. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. And That yeah. like, one of the songs we play live called Doom riff. I think the feel changes every fucking sixteen bars throughout the song. It's just like different change, and I always yeah. said it. It was like I used it as an example when we were writing. It was like. Can't we just sit on a groove, you know, and do you know, and do one thing for a minute? And, it, and it's like, yeah, let's do that. And by the time you've done it, you're, you're already bored and you're wanting to change anyway. Mm-hmm. So do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it, when it works, it it just I don't know. It's it's weird. I guess it's do what feels good. Yeah. Certainly more honest. Yeah. I mean, I think it always if it feels good, and we're always shooting to write better songs and have them presented in a different way, and. You know everyone's got different influences in the band. I know that's you know, talk about the influences, but mm-hmm. it is obvious that everyone's into different shit. Mm-hmm. It's not like everyone's into like the playbook of what makes skindred, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like totally there's, there are different things, and when I guess you put those things together, it's you know it's what happens. I guess it's yeah. different to when everyone's favorite band's Pantera. You're gonna sound like Pantera, right? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. love Pantera, but yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah, I absolutely love them. But everyone in the band likes different elements of Pantera, don't they? It's yeah. so. Yeah, I'm just using that as an example. Yeah, like, I, I get you, and and it, if and you
0: get to sort of deliver those influences in in a kind of more obvious way, I guess you know. If, well,
1: that's it. I mean, drumming wise, I was never seduced by two kick drums That mm-hmm. the, the double kick never did that thing for me so that instantly put us in a different category to most heavier metal mm-hmm. metal style things i was always like i wanted it to be like john bonham mm-hmm. or i mean as a modern version of that brad wilk was probably like my yep. mm-hmm. love brad wilk just yeah, fucking man big old grooves. Yeah, just nailing it. Yeah, and so you, you take that and then if you have a pantera star riff, instantly you've got something different <laughs> anyway, right?
0: Yeah, totally, totally. So. so what do you need to draw on as a player then? Because if it's if it's someone else's influence, not your influence, have you got to go away and kind of like check in with that? Nah, fuck that. Like I'll just do what I
1: want to do. <laughs> <laughs> nah, well, you, you obviously want to serve the song and serve the thing, but like, if one of the guys came up and went, right, I've written this like lamb and God type riff mm. and I have programmed the drums and they were going, <laughs> I'd be like, well, that ain't going to happen because I can't do that. So yeah. how do I make that riff idea sound cool in what we have? Yeah, That, that right. hasn't happened, by the way. But <laughs> No, 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 I know, but like, yeah, totally. Yeah, so it's like if you had like um, on one of our early records, there was a really slarry type riff and it's okay. like I put like a hip hop big groove to it and it sounded cool yeah and so I, it works like that and benji then would you know go okay that sounds more like the beastie boys to me now than slayer
0: oh wow okay cool right so I get you. do you see what do you see what i'm trying mm-hmm. to say and so mm-hmm. things
1: evolve like that i mean i love you know cherry picking different things
0: yeah totally so has it always been sort of collaborative then
1: where um he's... it has until covid i mean now it's yeah, pretty yeah, much everyone went away and did their own things mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and it was all heavily done which is totally cool it's a different way of doing it to, than how we used to do it. everyone would go away beforehand anyway but we would always end up in a room and hash <laughs> the ideas out now it <laughs> was all hashed over the internet do you like it not really no if i'm honest no. yeah because yeah, yeah. I, because, you know, I like i play drums to play with people totally yeah yeah i mean i can sit there and program drums and it's like i don't i don't get no joy out of that yeah yeah totally so when we get to the studio i mean you know it's a drum podcast right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like we're all drummers, and we want to be able to play it, you know. And getting in a room with people and getting sweaty is what I, what I personally like to do. And I think, um but like this, the record won't suffer for it because you do that anyway. When we get there, it's just there's hasn't been two months leading up, which would usually happen.
0: So oh, it's, it's interesting because it, it makes me think about, like you know, when you you put a record out, or you you you're, you're in a band and, and you've recorded music. And you go out and you gig it for months and months and months, and then you're like, "I really wish we could go back in now, and re-record it all because it's in it's in the bones in a different way." Yeah, it feels like it might be that even, it's sort of a, a sort of hyper version of that because you in the minute, you have not even got to rehearse the same way before you go in and record. I no, well, that's, that's
1: exactly how it was. We got together to do pre-pro. Mm-hmm. We all knew the songs. Everyone was aware of the songs. But yeah, then but, you, you, yeah. you'd work on the songs with the producer and it would almost be like hearing them for the first time, even though you've been living with them for two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But hearing them for the first time loud, and then it's like, right, now you're up, go. Which has its advantages. Yeah, okay, go for it. What, what do you, you think they are then? The advantages are you're not precious. Right, okay, cool. So you're not precious about things and you're ready to try things in the moment. There were some things... You know, this is only fresh. We're going back in next week to do some Mm -hmm. more recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what would happen? It would be okay. Well, we deconstructed this one song, and now it's you're you're jamming and Uh you're doing the thing I just described. But I haven't had a chance to go away and go. Oh, let me think about that. It's just happening. It's going down on the tape as you're doing it. Right. So the only thing I think that will happen. Well, what did happen is there is a couple of things. I think okay. Well, I'd like to change that fill there. Like mm-hmm. run in and change it right as opposed as opposed from getting a performance take be like let's change that let's change that so i'll be able to run in but i think the advantages are i'm not precious about anything is, is that a new way of working for you i think it's a new way of working for everyone where the first time you get to record is when you're in the the, the space together because you've lived with these songs that you know i don't have a drum kit in my house right because i live in a flat and so yeah, yeah. i would tap on things and i work on a pad but mm-hmm. until you get there and make some noise <laughs> like yeah yeah you know what i mean until, yeah. until you start playing the things and you go okay well i would play this like this are you gonna change are you gonna change to me and it's like yes i will actually Ari. I'll change yeah to you. totally i i you know i get the
0: i would hate for it to be one of those things where you're like you hear it through the speakers and you're like i just want to re- redo the part entirely because i hear it in a different way
1: now well yes i mean there is no record that we've recorded where you know if i could go back i would change bits mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean i'm proud of all of them but like, i could go well, like you say, the muscle memory. When we play "Kill the Power," right? I mean, this—I'm not an advocate for this, but I can play that drums that 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 song blindfolded and piss-ass drunk. It's, <laughs> as you say, it's in the bones, right? Yeah. So when I recorded that song originally in the studio, it was broken up. There was no performance take. It was the part, 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 part. Because that's just the way the producer was doing it. But I could go back. I could go back in there now, smash it out there, and get this a really energetic performance that may or may not. Have been better. I, who know, you'll never know, but yeah, it would be cool.
0: Am I right in saying that you joined the band for the second album?
1: I joined um, in two thousand. I think I joined two thousand one, and so the new app, the, the record just came out. Babylon yeah. came out, and yeah. then I joined. It came out in like June or July, and I came. I joined in August or, or October.
0: So, so it's, it's, the that. I, I asked is because Alanis Morissette did a, a, a sort of. Re-recording of Jagged Little Pill But she did an acoustic version of the whole album So she took a band in at the studio And I think if you listen to it It's, it's kind of all live mm. But there's a certain authority That she she plays and sings with That 20 years of playing these tracks Has given her That's cool So it would be really cool to hear How you take that first album You recorded with the band And play it now With this kind of new authority And a new yeah. kind of a, a sort of deeper understanding of the songs Without being too floaty and lofty, you know what I'm trying to say, but just because you're going to hear the song in a different way and it's going to mean a different thing now. And there's like, God, 2001 means there's 20 years of grime in there to to sort of come out now, you know? Yeah, I mean, when I
1: joined, you know, myself and Mikey, the guitar player, um, nobody in pressure were written without us and recorded without us. Uh And so I think it was for five or six years, Actually, when the fucking Rock came out in 2007 yeah so like six years we toured Babylon
0: mm-hmm.
1: not our own tunes and I think even in that early time you would you play the songs as they were but mm-hmm. you add in your little bits mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you what bits because I don't listen to those old songs anymore but mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you what bits I do differently I know there are different bits because it's been it was it happened quite early on I think both Benji and Dan were like you know make it your own keep it to the thing and like as far as I'm aware, it's probably the same, but not, (laughs) you know, it's yeah. I mean, we're talking real small differences, but.
0: Yeah. But it's sometimes it's those small differences that just make it the experience for people live or, you know, and and it's, it's, it's those things that you come to be attached to that are important. Yeah, totally. You know, and it's like, she, I, I remember listening to one of the songs on the, on the, the Alanis thing. I'm just using this as a shitty example, but. It starts with the piano, and when she brings the vocal in, she slows the piano player down without That's telling cool. him anything. Just, just just by her entry with the vocal. Yeah, just the way she sings the line just calms the whole thing down. That's and it, cool. it's, it's things like that. Like, Mikey will start a riff, for example, and when you come in, you might have a, a, a totally different authority now because you've played it for so long. Yeah. That That just gives it
1: that security. I know what you mean. I mean it's it's an interesting concept isn't it being able to especially, go back and do stuff
0: Yeah totally and especially if you're working in a completely different way now as well
1: you know it's like anything is anything is up for for grabs isn't it Yeah totally I think um, I wouldn't have chosen to work in this way that we have but it doesn't mean I wouldn't do it again I mean you no. judge your, you judge your albums on I guess how how good a time you had and how <laughs> successful they were you know it's yeah, like yeah. how many units know. yeah i mean it's different these days for units you know what i mean yeah but totally i'm proud of the new stuff and you know i think it's sounding really really fucking cool it's good you know it's still it's still being made so yeah yeah until it's so, done <laughs> <laughs> so didn't
0: benji once joke that you guys have an album for every day of the week. Yeah. So what happens now? Well, maybe you have to play. Are we going to just make album for a fortnight, Are we're just going to start two weeks worth of records? Yeah,
1: there? yeah, I think so. I think we're going to have to. We're going to have to keep it there. <laughs> an album for half term. Yeah.
0: <laughs> totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly.
1: Lucky that we were able to do as many albums as we already have, man.
0: Yeah, totally. And and but again, it's it's create. It's a it's I think it's creative people will keep going. Yeah. You know, you just the landscape changes, so you change. I, I, you know, I think it's. People say it's lucky, but those people are usually the, the hardest workers. I definitely think
1: we have worked hard over over the years, not just over, you know, a short amount of time. And I think it balances when, you know, I think with Skindred, it's such a team vibe when you can't have four people all fucking pushing to the front to have like <laughs> you know, people it has to be give and take and someone yeah. when someone falls over you should be picking them up and letting the sla you know. There are some times when Dan and Benji are pushing forward and me and Mike are a bit further back or Mm. vice versa or Benji, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not an always someone out front leading the charge. It's like, I think I've come to realize that more over the last few years where it's like everyone's got their own personal shit going on and it's nice that you can pick the slack up for them if they're struggling. You know, yeah. as a team and to push it and that's well, that's what I mean by working hard where you work hard to keep it together got each other's back yeah I think that's more important now than ever if I'm honest I'd, I'd agree know? absolutely yeah, yeah I'd agree do you think
0: that translates live as well when you play there's that support for each other there I'd like to think so I mean
1: I'm a smiley drummer I'm a smiley <laughs> player I always have been if I'm not smiling, it means I'm probably not having the best time, right, okay, no time that <laughs> and, and and it doesn't usually happen, and like you know literally in Southampton the other day, I was having the best fucking time, it was awesome, and then my um my ears started playing up my in ears uh, like suddenly the click and the track, everything went started shifting to the right ear, and I was uh, just like, and it was just going back and forth, I was going what and at that point you're going, I'm not good enough." to oh, keep going, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like going to the, my tech, going, I, 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 yeah. you know, all those yeah. faces trying to get them to fix it. And so that's the only time I get bummed out is when it's technical problems.
0: Yeah. Cause all of a sudden you've got to think about things that, yeah. yeah. It's just, you don't, you all, all you want to think about is playing, right? Yeah. And having,
1: having the best time. Yeah, playing, totally. connecting with the best time. And when that's sort of taken away from you, that's the only bit that ever bums me out. Yeah,
0: totally. I get it. I get it, man. No. Yeah.
1: Every, I think that's the same for everyone.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think so. As you know, I, I, when I was at college studying, a lot of people would talk about technique and things because the last thing they want to be thinking about when they're on the stage is what their hands are doing. Like, yeah. have you ever? Have you ever had pain? Yes. It's horrible, right? It's like yeah. in all of us. It's just you know. I had one night where like that wouldn't pinch my, my oh. thumb. My thumb and my forefinger seized on me, and I actually couldn't pinch the stick. It
1: was terrifying. And your mind. That, that is your worst enemy at that point. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing. It's like, I sometimes when I'm playing, right, playing like a more complicated piece and I've been doing it for years. It's all muscle memory. Mm-hmm. This is how fucked up sometimes I can get <laughs> when I'm playing. I'll go, oh, isn't life weird? I'm doing this thing. This thing's this thing's really weird, isn't it? And I'm breathing, and and I go to myself in my head. I'm breathing, and I'm I'm being able to think about this thing. God, it's so weird, isn't it? And by the time that thoughts entered your head, you fucked up. Yep, absolutely, man, totally. And that it's the same for anyone. Yeah, anyone. And it's like I like it when it's just it's in there. I like you know, like you say, in the bones. I'm going to quote that. It's nice in the hands and the bones, and you're feeling it, and you can be. I always judge it if I can piss around with the crew on the side, and st- and not drop a beat, and it's feeling good that I'm having the best gig, and it just feels feels good there. If I'm having to like head down, it's like when you play a new song for the first time. Yeah. Don't fuck up. Don't fuck up. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, you know? totally totally
0: so what what can we expect from the new record like what drumically sonically have you changed anything are you do are you using different drums you're a tama guy right so i am a tama
1: guy um are you using tama using different drums i'm using um in the studio i had two kits so i had um my tama style walnut as the main live Mm -hmm. kit which is basically my lot i had my live setup right which was tama um and i had what snails are you using oh Always go back to it. Every record's got it. It's the Charlie Benante snare. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. That'll take your head off. It's never my intention to use it. <laughs> I watched uh, a video uh, and you uh, changed
0: out. You, you you stopped using it, didn't you? You were using an aluminium.
1: Yeah, I stopped using it live and I haven't used it live for years now. Right. But in the studio, I got there and I was using this Starphonic and as soon as I, I was playing the stuff i like, that sounds great. And you, you got anything else? Just on the main kit, put the Charlie up. Yeah, that one. Wow. And I was like... I've got like a, um, a Ludwig 400, mm-hmm. like a 1963. Standard. Uh, yeah. Fucking brilliant. I've got a 402. <laughs> Bottom. Fucking brilliant. Yeah. That, nah, nah, that, 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 that. Really? Wow. And okay. I, I had an SLP. I had the, I mean, I had quite a few Tama snares and it was just the Charlie straight away. So I had that with the Zildjian cymbals I used live, which were like ak K22 dark ride mm-hmm. 15 inch light hats and then i've got like a 18 19k like thins medium thins mm-hmm. and up on the up on the top there i have a i was going between an a medium thin crash and then a k sweet 20 oh cool yeah the sweets are amazing eh? really nice yeah i was going between those right when we recorded and then i had the like i've got a k21 crash ride
0: mm-hmm
1: lush Mm. so i had two rides and then a china and then on the second kit i've got like a 1971 ludwig oh wow and i use that for all the hip-hop reggae drum and bass stuff and that's where i put the 400 on and that sounded immense that's cool yeah and so i had i had like a 13 inch rack 22 by 14 kick 16 by 16 and
0: an 18 by 16 oh shit that's a big boy um, kit. Yeah, I didn't
1: even bother with the 18. It was just like, <laughs> but um, and I used the K um special cut the uh, uh, custom dries. Mm-hmm. Yep. With a big old ride and yeah, just that was a completely different sound. So, how are you going to do that live then? Have you thought about? Are you going to have to take
0: those samples out? And when it comes to those sections of the songs, you're going to have that authentic sound, or are you just going to play it with one kit? that's one kit. Not here. Okay. Yeah, Talk one kit. Yeah, it's in, the, it's in the moment, isn't it? Totally, totally. But, you know, I, I don't know... Like, so many guys, have their process is so different, you know, and
1: it's it's all, it's always intriguing. I would play it all on... Depending on the track, right, I would play it all on one on one kit. If there was, mm-hmm. like... I mean, a lot of the things I played on the small kit, we chopped up and sampled. So we're using oh, our own wow. samples. Hup. And so it becomes part of a backing track. So those things, I may probably... They, they, they may just end up being part of the backing track. Right, but, okay. But for actual, like... And one of the songs is a more drum and bass type song, you know, that sound will be on the record, but I'll play it on the big boy kit. Mm-hmm. I, I think things like nice. that. Or, yeah. If there's like a hip hoppy groove, I'll still play it on the big guy. Right. Cool. Oh, the I... one, one, one thing I have got, Yeah, That's what I just <laughs> forgot. And I, I knew they'd fucking, I knew they'd make an appearance. I got these two... I got them on eBay at the beginning of lockdown. These two um, Tama concert toms from the 70s. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Almost like, like a six and an eight. Fuck yeah. And so I put them on the little kit and so the reggae stuff
0: uh, sounds yeah. wicked. Absolutely. Yeah. So is that going to be in the rig now? That's kind of home and the and the touring rig? Uh,
1: it depends how the songs go and what we play, but I'd like them to be because they were so much fun. And one song we did I mean, they all took the piss out of me because they were like, <laughs> right. It was like, there was like a breakbeat type groove for the whole thing. And like and the producer loved it when I, hit the, when I hit the toms. And he went, right, let's just do a take of you filling over the entire song. Yes. Yeah, just, just on them and the toms. No snare, just. So I did all these, fill, these fills thinking, they never keep this stuff. The engineer piece that went away. They sort of put it together, and I'm like, just going, "Oh my god, it sounds like Club Tropicana," <laughs> <laughs> Which, or, or like Duran Duran Rio. Yeah, I'm going. Man. I'm like, how are they going to go for this? and the other guys that's are going what amazing. have you done but it's cool <laughs> that's amazing
0: man brilliant you've got to keep them now yeah it's they've got to be there it's, it's just totally got to be a thing man and you know and over the course of the next five years you'll just see them growing and, and they'll just become oh, like no. a second bank of toms
1: yeah like world music kit as my guitar player always says you brilliant know. you're going more mad by the day
0: that's the, I, hey I'm here for it
1: yeah, I am here too. for it
0: man absolutely here for it because it's just it's sound in it it's let's, let's do <laughs> c- cool hip
1: shit Oh, you'll like this then. So when I'm doing the, um, speaking of bottom stuff, there's uh, one part where I wanted that kind of big roomy sound and it sounded incredible. The engineer gave it to me in my ears as I was playing. Oh, yes. Which I've never had before. Right. It's always been, you know, you're hearing your dry drums, you go back into the control room and it's like, look what I've done. He was giving me yeah. all the effects as he was processing them. Fuck and I was that. just like, oh my god (laughs) this is the coolest thing ever (laughs) he did and he did the same with the concert toms i think that's and it was just like oh my god this sounds amazing as you're playing you don't have to wait to go back in so i was like that's cool
0: because it'll totally make you change the way you play it too because you'll just cut all the shit out
1: yeah because you're playing with delays as well which is something i've never done oh yeah yeah so how's that so that'll be clicked too right yeah so i had the click and so, obviously, he um, got the delays in time with a click. Yeah, but, but it must didn't... have
0: still been mental.
1: Yeah, it was mental. It was cool, though.
0: Yeah, amazing. Oh, man, yeah. yeah. I love that stuff. I love it because it, it, it just, yeah, like I said, it just changes how you think and how you feel
1: about what you're doing. It made me go to the, the bell of the ride mm-hmm. just for a single hit. <laughs> just out of no, I just went like this and went and went it went oh, nice. brilliant it's
0: yeah. that now going to get kept in has to be um, kept in absolutely like that'll be one of the things you end up becoming really precious about like, I know right no guys and then you'll be phoning Ian at Zildjian like give me a Zill bell and yeah. you tell the front of house guy like I want all the delay and all the effects on just this one microphone channel for so when you donk this bell yeah that's, that's happened
1: with the cowbell live now. Brilliant. I have a what cowbell which I hit. I think the last gig I was playing, and I said to him before the gig, "I went, how many times do I use that?" And he goes, "I think you use it three times." Brilliant. As, on a one hit, and I went, "Right, fuck that! I'm going to hit it way more now." So every <laughs> every time I'd hit it, I I go, "Donk." <laughs> yeah. Throughout the gig, I think I did it seven. So
0: brilliant. You're going to start getting drummers at the gigs now counting. How yeah. many times? That's going to become a thing online, like... I has actually uh, use the camera. Yeah, totally, man. How many times did Aria hit the bell tonight? We kind of have to talk about the Newport helicopter. Yes, please. How the How did that happen? Like, how does that come about? And then how does it become something where 20,000 people are
1: going mental I for mean, it? I mean, it's Benji's story, so I'll do my best to interpret what I know of how right. it happened. So, it was 2011, mm-hmm. and... Uh, I think, du- we were playing... yeah, exactly. I woke up this morning. Um, <laughs> so it's about 2011, and Union Black, which is our fourth record, had just come out. And we were doing a tour where we were playing Warning, and we were playing Warning last for some reason. It'd been the single, and it had done quite mm-hmm. well for us. And it was last in the set, and he was getting everyone to do like the Wall of Death, right. You know, have you seen that where they No, I don't think so. So the Wall of Death is like it's like a hardcore thing. I mean every band does it. They spit the crowd down the oh, middle. Oh right, yeah. Like they British Bulldogs each- man. Yeah, and they run at each other. Like, you know, there were so many bands doing that. But yeah. you know, we did it. But everyone You anyway, know, bands get people <laughs> to jump up and down. You know, yeah. it's like one of the things. We get to download we're on the main stage and there are these big signs up all over. No wall of death. Do not right. tell the crowd to do a wall of death because you know. I didn't really think about it at the time It's was pretty fucking dangerous. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. You know, you've had people... a few. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but I think we, we, we I don't really remember it. But we bri- we briefly spoke about it like before the show and he was like don't worry, don't worry, I'll, I'll do something else. And it's like mm-hmm. And I'm pl- I play to um to a click and we have Ableton running. Mm-hmm. So at this point in the set the riff cycles over and over and lab- Ableton goes into a loop mode where it just loops that part right. until I hit until I hit a pad. That brings mm-hmm. it back to the where the track starts again and i have to hit that on um a count of three mm-hmm. so it's so it's got time to skip so all benji ever has to do if he counts i mean giving me away the secrets now is <laughs> when he goes one two hit four in yeah right that's all he's got to do as long as he counts right so i i, I instantly get nervous like, well, we haven't rehearsed this. What are we gonna do? So, no, anyway, we're, we're on stage, and he gets everyone to take their tops off. And I go, um, <laughs> what's he doing? Everyone in the band's going, "What's he doing?" This is cool. Okay, and everyone's there, get their tops off. There's like sixty thousand people download. Jesus Christ, holding it up on the screen, and I'm just waiting for him to count one, two, three, four, and he does. I hit the thing, and it goes off. Get off stage. Everyone's like, "What the fuck was that?" That was awesome. And he goes. I had it in my mind to do, and I wanted to save it for download, and I did it, and it's fucking great, and we've done it every night since.
0: It's amazing. It's every like, night. what What an idea, just brilliant. Yeah, just and came to him. And it's like a pure audience unity thing, you know, it, it sort of everybody, and now it'll be a thing where everybody's
1: like, can't wait for warning. Yeah. Because, you know. Cause it has do to you... be in that song. It can't be in any other song now.
0: <laughs> do you do it when you play smaller venues?
1: Yeah we call it the amazing. newport smellicopter
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh god that's brilliant uh but i can imagine like you know down the dog and duck and there's like 40 people
1: doing the, oh, Newport yeah. that's that's tremendous i mean he gets them to do it as his when he does when he does dj sets he gets them to do it really oh yeah it's That's all amazing. about it i mean it's a cool calling card I think it's like, oh, Absolutely man. Yeah. You know, it's great. Getting people great. to do something. I mean, he must feel amazing get like being able to get you know we we play drums. It feels amazing in a different way, but being able to like vocalize something and go I want you all to do this thing. Yeah. Which is a pretty weird thing
0: <laughs> and they'll do it. He must feel amazing. So I mean king of the world right yeah because yeah. if you watch him on the download videos and stuff he's standing on the the riser as well eh? yeah so he's like above the band above the whole world yeah cool must, as fuck absolutely man absolutely totally agreed there's one thing i've noticed and uh, and i might be wrong so forgive me but um when i was when i was researching through i've noticed that you're really involved on like the front end and you're, you're quite happy to do things like press but not in, like,
1: drum magazines. Yeah. And that's really unusual for a drummer. I don't know how it started. I just think um I, I never minded doing it. Mm. And I think that at a time, I think people weren't putting their hands up maybe to do it and I went, I'll do it. And it just sort of became that way. I don't know. Um Yeah, I mean, it, it's weird. I think me and Benji had a good chemistry when we do things together. It was always mm. quite fun. But I was always like, if you want me to do it, I'll do it. It's,
0: I mean, I think it's, yeah, I think it's really cool. I think it's, you know, it's been that thing forever. It's the singer, isn't it? It's the singer that does all that stuff. And
1: I mean, they, they speak for the band. and He has a, he does a lot of stuff. And of I course think you if, I, if I can shoulder some of the stuff that maybe he can't do, then I'm happy to do that. And I know Mike and Dan are happy to do the same thing. I think there was a point in time where I was doing a lot more. I think mm-hmm. these days I'm. A, it's been, a, it's more spread out. It's a bit more even, but yeah, I was definitely doing a lot more, but you know, it's cool. I always yeah. felt it like a privilege that people would want to talk to me. It was only weird when the press people would say you're getting the singer, and I turn up. You know <laughs> what I mean? It'd be like, like, yeah, you got me.
0: Sorry. Well, that's that's just because they make it weird. That's all yeah. that is. You know, like, just, I, that's just a, a, a much better chat, especially well from my point of view because I'm a drummer. Well, so, uh, well, no, there we go. That, you know, totally. There we go. But it's just cool because it feels like it gives a, a sort of. I say different narrative to the band, but it, it it it's an insight to the band that's not normally given, you know, because it's it's like what it's like seeing the band through a different person's eyes to me. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, also, I think people have got to remember, like Benji, myself, Mike, and Dan. You know, we came together through music, not through friends. Mm-hmm. It was it, at the best. You know, it's more than friends now. It's family. But it's mm-hmm. like at the time when we all started, it was like it was music, and we didn't know each other. yeah Yeah. you know and so that's amazing my experiences up until i met benjamin very different to his life experience you know Uh i was you know i think i probably met him when i was 18 or 19 playing in another band Uh you know same with dan and mike met him you know when he joined and so i was a kid he's a he's a bit older than us so his life experience is so different to mine Wow, and st- and still is we live in different places to have different different friends different kinds of family and that's Culture, cool yeah yeah completely and you know i think when anyone speaks about the band who's in the band from non-benji view it re- you, you can talk about him if that mm. makes sense like we were mm. just talking about the newport helicopter i mean it's like yeah, it's, all, yeah, yeah. it's all very well for him to go up there it makes me feel amazing but i can see him doing it I'm behind him yeah, yeah. Watching him do it Yeah it is fucking amazing He gets to do that And he's in yeah. my band Yeah yeah <laughs> You know I, so. just think, I
0: just It's really cool man It's like you know Melody Maker Phone up Coldplay And Well Champion Goes and does the interview You know it's like Yeah
1: he's, he's, he's up there Isn't he like
0: that I, I think so yeah I just think it's yeah. brilliant I, I think it you know Drummers are so often quite shy when it comes to all that stuff. You know, we can talk about fucking pedal springs and bearing edges and and, and drum head thicknesses, yeah. but like actually talking about the song content and stuff. I think that's really hip and 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 sort of maybe decisions that the band have made about doing things like signing a a record contract in a different venue and I think that's really cool, man. You know, it's 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 a totally wildly different perspective
1: than you would I think everyone get. everyone has different skills they do outside of the band mm. you know mm-hmm. and, but, which they bring into the band you know mm-hmm. and i guess just from my perspective maybe that's part of something i can bring that's not necessarily being the drums yeah yeah you know totally. where you know where dan has got his production head he writes a lot of music for other people and he can produce and he brings that to the band you know mm-hmm. yeah, yeah you know not, sure. to, not to pigeonhole everyone but you know everyone has these different skills and me- i mean maybe that is a different thing that i can bring which is cool
0: if i can then great <laughs> yeah i think i think bands are like that man i think every, every successful band um different people will have different strengths and play to different strengths and and it might come out organically like you might end up one guy becomes the kind of unofficial md yeah and you kind of all slightly defer to him or her in that and in, in a rehearsal for example when they, they might have a sort of a, a a sort of bigger picture head on them where they can see it from a different point of view, or they or they can maybe see the song in a, the context of the production, where you might be thinking about just the drum part or something, you know?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, from my end, I've always thought that it's helpful to remain emotionally detached.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> does that make Does that make sense? Uh, perfect sense, I yeah. So you does.
1: can. Be objective to something that you didn't necessarily create Mm -hmm. because I respect the guys when they bring stuff in that they're putting their heart and soul into these things. And it's got to be difficult when someone, not not, not me, but Mm -hmm. someone in the band isn't vibing on it, you know, and it's easier for me to be critical of something because I didn't bring it. I'm not being critical to be negative. It's about being able to see, oh, okay, well, what is the bigger picture? But yeah, then everyone's able to do that in their own ways. You know, Benj gets to do that. Dan gets to. Mike gets to. I get to do that. But I think being able to be detached a little bit does help.
0: And it, it must help with not being precious as well, like you were talking about earlier. Yeah, totally. But yeah, it must th- that emotional detachment thing. I think is what helps people be successful in anything that they do, because it lets you be critical of yourself as well. Yes, I think so. You know, so you can go. Well, actually, you're right. My part isn't great. Or yeah. You know, I'm. You know, I'm maybe not bringing it today. I'll, I'll. You know, sorry, guys. I'll, I'll, I'll pull it out. You know what I mean? Like you can just. I
1: do. I mean, one thing I've learned of the recent times doing the recording, especially, everyone's got something to say about the drums. Mm-hmm. They've and they've always had something to say about the drums. Mm-hmm. From day one, everyone. It's and I worked out why. Okay. So there are two. There are two reasons I think. Obviously, everyone cares uh-huh. because you do care. At the beginning of a session, it's brand new, mm-hmm. and everyone wants to be there at the beginning of the session. Mm-hmm. And what's happening at the beginning? It's you drums, and me playing yeah. the drums. And yeah. so, everyone, by the time rhythm guitar gets done, it's like, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, sounds cool. Play the guitar, play the guitar. You got the riff right. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Drums, everyone's like, it's interesting to see how animated people all get about the drums. Yeah, and how important it is to them that the drum part is right. Mm-hmm. And when people look on the outside, look on the outside, looking in, it's like, a, well, it's just the drums, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. you understand this, and it's like that's where my head's at with it. It's like it, suddenly it becomes for people that don't play or know about the drums, it's like trying to explain to them. Well, actually, it's this integral thing to this piece of music that you're in yeah. love with and yeah. everyone cares in the band yeah totally it feels good and this is what i was going to say it's like i've noticed with everyone being a lot more um enthusiastic and more complimentary of each other i think this is probably <laughs> growing probably growing older which is nice yeah, e- everyone, yeah more supportive more like what you're doing there's really cool mm Mm -hmm. Not sure about, you know, the shit sandwich. I'm not sure about that bit there, but everything else is really cool. Whereas back in fucking 15 years ago, it'd be like, yeah, that bit's shit. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's a bit nicer now. Yeah, I've just learned how to be
0: diplomatic, you know?
1: Yeah, Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I I like that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. Because it makes just everybody's life better doesn't it totally you know totally. and it makes the process of, of what you're doing especially if you've not seen each other in like two years
1: yeah man I mean it's life's too short to be negative on each other everyone needs to be supportive and building each other up to get the best out of each other you know yeah
0: have you ever seen a year and a half in the life of Metallica
1: have I seen a year yeah of course uh,
0: some of the, sh- the, the, the shit they say to each other during yeah. that man no, it's that's, like that's it's that's, that's on par with us let me tell you really oh yeah on par. Love, there's the bit where um, James has got no voice and he can't sing, and Lars just keep pushing at me singing And he was like, "If I had, a, if you know, if you need, I only had one arm. And you needed a drummer. I get a fucking drum.
1: You know, like just yeah. screaming at each other, like, oh Jesus. Yes, it's like that for us. I mean, it's gonna be like that for any band. When you live
0: with each other like that, I think so.
1: Yeah. When you live like you know, in each other's faces, in each other's pockets, and like you say at, at the beginning, sorry, everything is so precious mm-hmm. because it's everything. Mm-hmm. You've got to go away and be able to live your lives to come back and respect the thing that you do for a living. Yeah, you know yeah. the thing that you were you've been able to do. Yeah, because of the guys in your band. Yeah, you know totally. it's like it's about th- about everyone respecting each other and not assuming they're the most important person in the Skin Red universe or the band. universe, it's like team, team, team together. Mm-hmm. And we Amazing. will fight, but you know, want to keep it le- less fights than uh, yeah. than they used to be.
0: I get it. Well, man, it's been awesome chatting. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, um, man. If, if people want to get in touch with you or they want to find you on, on the interwebs, where's the best place for that?
1: Me personally or the band? Both. Oh, well, the band, you've got skindread.net and all the usual suspects, Instagram, mm-hmm. TikTok, Facebook. I'm on, on those things as well. So if anyone wants to send a message, say hello. Cool. Brilliant. On, How, yeah. wh-
0: what's your handle on there and we'll be sure to share it so aria dread i think that, yes that is that is correct dread right. yeah, that's me cool. right, yeah great well man um thank you again so much for coming on really appreciate it. it's been great to chat and good luck with the recording can't wait thank to hear you, it man. you know so um it's it's look, look always always great to to hear that new music's on the way you know so i Thanks, hope the rest Steve. of it goes well and uh awesome. we'll catch you. if you're in glasgow man the door's always open. Coffee's always on. Mate, you know, I'd love to. Yeah, please do. Yeah, it'd be good to meet you in person, mate. Absolutely, absolutely. Take care, man. We'll see you soon. Wicked. Nice one, my dude. Cheers. Thanks, Harry. Thanks for listening to this episode of Drummers Only Radio. You can find us online at www.drummersonly.co.uk. Drop us a line. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Drummers Only UK. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We're on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. <laughs> Any questions? Info at drummersonly.co.uk is the email, or if you need leads, it's leads at drummersonly.co.uk. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.